I want to thank our sponsor, Planet Ford. Planet Ford has always been a proud supporter of law enforcement in the community, providing customer service and fleet management, sales and service. If you're looking for that personal quality service, contact Planet Ford in spring or online at planetford.com. You're listening to Crime Scene Today. We talk about current and future issues in law enforcement, forensics, and crime scene investigation. I'm your host, Dan Zintek. Joining me today is Whitney Mountain, a graduate student from University of Central Oklahoma Forensic Science Institute. Institute. Uh, normally, we have on subject matter experts has been doing this many years, uh, but today we're taking a different perspective from that from a person that's just getting into the field. Uh, we're going to talk about her thesis and her studies and uh, basically her interest in crime scene investigation. Now, I met Whitney uh, at the Association of Crime Scene Reconstruction Conference a few weeks ago in Oklahoma, uh, where uh, that organization has some of the top leading experts in it. And in all the fields, uh, many people will take blood stain and shooting reconstruction and uh, they even have specific organizations for those type of things. But this organization has combined some of the leaders in all of these fields. And they put on this conference, like I said, it happened a couple of weeks ago in Oklahoma. So Whitney, it was great to meet you. And uh, it was great to uh, see you at the conference. And just a, a new and, and fresh face that, that wants to take on this job. So thank you for joining us today to sort of share your, your work and such. So... Uh, to sort of start us off, because we, uh, we had met a little bit at the conference, and uh, we both have a mutual friend, Ashley, uh, that had brought you there. Uh, I'm not sure if she warned you uh, what all that uh, you were going to be getting into and, and learning about, but uh, I didn't know you personally, but I, I knew that you had started doing some research for your thesis that we had uh, published uh, I tried as many places as we could put it out there so you could get uh, your response you needed. So uh, just to start out, uh, tell us what, what I guess, the basis of your thesis. What What's the general thing that you're working on? So my thesis is the psychological impact of investigating crime scenes. And so what I really wanted to see was is there some sort of effect on the crime scene investigators when they're processing these crime scenes? And, and you so found the, that there was none were perfectly normal, right? That's exactly. exactly. Yeah, and that yeah. was, that was proven at the ACER conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I imagine at the ACER conference, you may have to change some of your research after delving psychologically into further research there. Yes. Um, so in talking about uh, ACER, so, Again, sort of outside looking in, that's, you know, a new perspective for you. So what sort of stood out to you at ACER? I mean, again, we, we've sort of seen this all the time. So what are you seeing coming in, sort of, you know, drinking from a fire hose? Oh, man, it was, it was literally just like my classes on steroids. Like, it was just a lot of information. And it was really fascinating to see all the different brain powers and all the different areas of expertise in one place discussing things together and it if anything it just it really solidified that like that's what i want to do so uh, talking about that i mean so how did how did this come about i mean to uh, to back up a little bit i mean they've started uh, forensic uh, training and forensic science stuff in high school now were, were you part of anything in high school with this no they did not offer it at my high school at the time so and then 
from there, I mean, did you think like at that age, I mean, what, what point did you start leaning towards like, this is something I want to do? I mean, it was always something that I was like interested in and it was something that I'd watch the documentaries or I'd watch the TV shows with my sister. Those are all real, by the way. Those are every, every one of them, every part of it. (laughs) Right. No, um, it was just something I always loved. It was something I was always interested in. And then, um, when it came time to decide like, where are you going to go to school? Um, I chose A&M and I chose the forensic science uh, program at A&M. And I was like, all right, I love it. Might as well see if I can make a career out of it. And that's just kind of where it went. So, so tell us about A&M. Obviously, now, you started there like your freshman year you were at A&M? Or did yes, you go sir. there later? So freshman year. So obviously, mm-hmm. you're still taking all your basics and stuff. At what point do you get to start getting into the forensic classes? Oh, first semester. We first took semester. an intro to forensics. Yes, sir. Okay. So it's, uh, so I guess how much, because I've seen so many different programs, right? And I mean, mm-hmm. there's some that, that you take like five classes and they call that, you know, your forensic program. And then there's others that you're, you're literally taking two full semesters, uh, you know, 10 classes or, or more of, of forensic. So, um, so what were you looking at? What's, what's A&M's obviously, a a highly, you know, reputable, recognized school, especially in Texas. I mean, so what, what did their look like? So this was back in 2016. Um, the forensics program was still brand new. And they had told us, like, this is only, like, the third year or something that they Did they mention guinea new. pig? Did they say that word? No? I don't remember. I don't think so. But, um, yeah, it was brand spanking new. And they... I remember on like the first day they told us the largest graduating class we've had is 10 people. And they told us that they were going to weed us out. And so like my first semester, I had one forensics class and the rest was like bio, chemistry, calculus. Like they put us through a bunch of hard classes to see who would stick it out. So how many started? Oh man, probably like 30, 35 of us started. And how many finished? Um, I don't know because I was not one of them. You were not <laughs> one, so up, you... No. So no. how far did you make it? Um, I made it one year. I made it two semesters. And then um, I did my internship at Denton County. And I remember Ashley told me, you don't have to do forensics. We'll teach you everything that we want you to know so you can get whatever degree you want. And I switched to psychology. You know, and, and it brings up a point we've talked about many times on the show before is... You know, many people that, that you met at that conference uh, mm-hmm. do not have degrees and certainly don't have degrees in front of science. We've been doing it so long, they didn't have those degrees, right? I mean, these things mm-hmm. didn't exist. Uh, they became popular because people wanted to do it and they start creating those degrees. But uh, it, it does, it comes down to, is there uh, a benefit, I guess, to having the degree in it mm-hmm. versus the on the field training, right? I mean, so you did both. I mean, you, and, and by no means dismissing uh, the education you got at A&M, which is obviously a, an awesome education uh, in whatever you graduate with. But what you learned in those areas, obviously certain things translate. But so when did you start your internship? You started that while you were doing your bachelor's or starting with your yes. graduate? So, no, I did it um, 2017 while I was doing my bachelor's degree. So how did you get hooked up with Denton? So 
I was from Denton County, um, a town a little bit south of Denton, Highland Village. And I actually knew the mayor of Highland Village. And she's still the current mayor, but she was our realtor before she became the mayor. And so I just emailed her and said, hey, this is, you know, I'm really interested in forensic science. Do you know anywhere that, you know, you could introduce me to someone? I could get an internship. And um, she put me in touch with Sheriff Tracy Murphy at Denton County. And he said, yeah, you can come in and do an internship here. And that's where I met Ashley. And I did my internship there for the summer. So how long was your internship? I know those are different from place to place. Mm -hmm. I think it went June and July. It might have gone into August, but I have to go back to a and pretty early into August. So it didn't last the whole month. Okay. So it, every program's different. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I've seen uh, Montgomery County where, where I'm from, but so how involved was the program? I mean, were you going to scenes? You were on call. How'd that work out? Um, I didn't get to do that much. I was not allowed to um, go to scenes. I wasn't allowed to go out on calls. I remember there'd be mornings when Ashley would text me and be like, hey, you can't come in today. I'm, I have to go out to a call. And so I, I couldn't go in that day. But So, um, so what do you get to do? If you're not going to a call, what, do you, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I did a lot around the office. They would let me practice fingerprinting. They would practice, let me do my 10 print card. They would move it. I got to see the whole evidence lab and everything like that. I was wild. But Ashley would discuss cases with me. I would do a lot of stuff around the office, like filing and shredding and stuff like that. But it was really, they would let me practice with the camera, fingerprinting, like I said. So it was a lot of forensic techniques and stuff that I got to learn. So now, even though you weren't processing it, mm -hmm. you were there when Ashley, I gather, was processing stuff in the lab. Um, to an extent, there'd be times like I'd walk in and I could see evidence and they'd just be like, Hey, you can't go near that. Don't, and don't so I'd touch have this. to like, yeah. But. So yeah. And I, I know that, uh, in our program, our interns have, have gone to the scene and seen some of those things. Mm -hmm. That's why I say it's different from one to the other. Um, mm -hmm. so I gather that was one of your last things to do in the, in the bachelor's program, uh, prior to, to heading off to graduate. So you've decided this is something you want to do. And so what was the different experience uh, in going to University of Central Oklahoma with their friends, forensic science? I mean, obviously, um, Oklahoma is not far from Denton, right? Mm -hmm. So so why choose that? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure you were offered uh, whenever you get even close to finishing your bachelor's. I can't tell you how many things you get in the mail of go to this yeah. graduate school, go to that graduate school. Uh -huh. They should just say, we would like your money, but either way, they, 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 they want you at their school, right? So what made you decide on Oklahoma? Well, so when I was coming to the end of my bachelor's degree, I knew I wanted to go to grad school. Um, and so I was honestly deciding between Sam Houston State and their criminology program or their criminal justice program and University of Central Oklahoma and their forensics program. And I had no idea which one would be the better option. So I asked Ashley and um, Ashley said that UCO was the top school. It had the best forensics program in the country. And um, after she told me that, I was like, well, how, how could I not go? So I applied, didn't think I'd get in. And then I got in yeah. and so now you started this journey. When did you start graduate school? 2019. 2019. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so what was your experience there? What did you, what did you find walking in the door? Um, it was definitely a culture shock. 
Um, like you said, Oklahoma is not far from Denton, but coming from A and M with sixty-eight thousand students. Yeah, there's a to, few there. There's a few. Yes, yes, a little bit. And then UCO, we have twelve thousand. Um, right. It's definitely a lot different. All the professors knew my name first day of class. Um, definitely not used to that. Right. And then there were no UCO. classrooms of four hundred people taking no. the same class. <laughs> No, I walked in and they said, this is the largest classroom. And it was like 120 kids. And I was like, oh, wow. Right. But yeah, it was, it, it was awesome. It was definitely, the faculty was super welcoming. So it was, it definitely put me at ease, especially moving out of Texas where all my family was from. So you experienced a little bit of forensic training at A&M, the mm-hmm. start of it. So yes. what what was the next level? I mean, what, what it, I guess if someone were to ask you, what should I expect going to graduate school after leaving bachelor's for forensic, what, what am I going to walk into? Um, I would tell them if you're going to do it, and I'm always going to recommend graduate school, but if you are going to do it, you need to make sure it's something that you're really passionate about because it is going to be a lot of work and it is going to be, time-consuming and exhausting, but if it's something you're passionate about and you love it and it doesn't feel like you're doing schoolwork, it doesn't feel like you're doing homework, um, it just feels like you're reading something that you want to read. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, preparing for tests, I'm reading the textbook and it doesn't feel like I'm studying. It feels like I'm just reading stuff I'm interested in. So I would definitely tell them you need to be able, you need to know that it's something you're passionate about and you have to be willing to put in that time and effort for it. So... Uh, and obviously there's, I mean, it's graduate school. There, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of time, but I mean, uh, is it, would you say, I guess, uh, is it feasible to be able to work full time and still do this? I think so. There's actually two people I've met in my program that are working full time and doing graduate school. So I think so, it's a balance, but I think you could do it. Right. I mean, and, and that's it. I mean, obviously, there's only so much time in a day. You give it mm-hmm. to work, you give it to school, you give it to your family. And and if you're doing something else, something's going to fall a little bit behind, right? Yeah. So so what type of classes did you get to, to see there? I mean, you're you're nearly done. So so what yes. what was along your path there? Um, so my path, because I took the basic crime scene processing route, okay. um, I got to take crime scene processing, obviously, um, several different requirements for grads, like the basics, research methods, and other classes that kind of help you develop your thesis as you go. So what, then, is, what is the basic crime scene processing? What, what do they teach you to process? Um, they teach us like processing a scene. We went through the measurements, photography, um, packaging evidence, how to collect it, things like that. They did the overview of this is what it's like to process a scene. And so do they get into some of the, uh, obviously there's some basic stuff, like you said, you mm-hmm. have photography and sketching and, and those things. Do they get into um, some of the more advanced uh, identification of fingerprints, the blood stain, the mm-hmm. shooting reconstruction? Do they get into those areas? Not really in that class, but those are classes that you can take if that's what you're interested in. So like I took a blood spatter class because I was interested in that. But you could also take fingerprinting, you could take shooting reconstruction or um, firearm analysis. And so is it, so are those considered like electives or does everybody have to take mm-hmm. those? No, those are considered electives. 
So, I mean, I know that most masters, it, it, it focuses on you doing some type of uh, mm -hmm. research or for your thesis or, or otherwise. But um, so would you say it's more heavy on the education side of research or is it more of the practical of like when you leave this, um, you're, you're ready to go ahead to a scene? Um, honestly, probably research, more research focused. I mean, I would um, find that common. That seems, yeah. you know, I mean, cause in the education field, they're going from bachelor's to master's. And then if you mm -hmm. dare your doctorate, which is just yes. going to be more research, right? Uh -huh. Um, I don't really think they want you to actually leave. That's, that's, I think the goal of the administrators at the college, it's just my own opinion. But anyway, uh, so you have this and mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit as, as far as your thesis, uh, you talked about the impact. So what made you decide on this topic? How, how did you come to, to that? Um, so I remember my first semester, my advisor said, you need to pick the topic that you're interested in and I'll approve it if I think we can make it happen or we'll change it up. But he left it completely up to me on what I wanted. And um, I actually got this advice with our interests aligned and crime scene processing and the behavioral and psychological impacts and everything. And so with my background on psychology, I knew that that was something I was interested in. I wanted to continue that path. And loving forensic science and wanting to be a crime scene investigator. I was like, how can I combine these two passions? And so I said, okay, I know that this is the career I'm going to go into. So why not look at how it's going to impact me? All right. So, so the end, and I mean, I joked earlier that it, it has no impact whatsoever. And we know it, it does. We mm -hmm. know that, um, you know, as you experienced at the conference, the, uh, the dark humor, the jokes, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, uh, the basic stress relief of being in that field for that many years that would probably, um, shock most people. Uh, mm -hmm. because again, uh, we certainly respect what we do and the families we work for and, and, mm -hmm. and everything, but there's jokes that we say and laugh and, and otherwise that, that probably uh, outside of that realm would not be uh, thought of. Um, you know, as, as mm -hmm. normal humor, right? So you've experienced that, you've seen this, and I guess sort of the big question at the end is, so you know the impact, mm -hmm. why would you want to continue knowing the impact? I mean, knowing the input, the impact on it, I think better prepares me for going into it. So, like, knowing the impact of the career, it's not deterring me at all. It's, I know this is something I still want to do. And honestly, at the end of the day, someone has to do it. Well, and, and please don't get me wrong, because it's, you know, I'm not saying mm -hmm. by any means that uh, it, it wouldn't deter me either. I mean, and, and probably anybody mm -hmm. that you met there, because they'll all tell you, you know, we, we accept these things. We accept the... Uh, mm -hmm. the hardships that go with it, but we would never want to do anything else. You know, mm -hmm. I think a very common statement is, I can't imagine what would happen if I need to get a real job. Okay. <laughs> because we enjoy what we do. We're passionate about what we do. Mm -hmm. um, so a, a little bit into the research. So obviously you had to narrow down a survey <clears throat> mm -hmm. and 
so tell me, I guess, a little bit about the, the, the survey process and, and what you found, what were limited, was it male versus female age? How long, what, I mean, what exactly did, did you sort of figure out on that? Um, so going into my project, I knew that I needed to create a survey to ask people and to get their honest opinion of it. So we had to make it completely anonymous and I didn't want to, I'm trying to think how to say it. I wanted, I didn't want to separate it by age because so many people become crime scene investigators at different ages. Right. And I didn't want to divide it by sex because I didn't see that as important i wanted to see overall first and i actually put um my recommendations for future research is that someone could look at it based on sex and see how men and women differ in crime team uh processing but i wanted to just look at duration of the career have you or if you're new into crime scene investigation are you more impacted by the scenes because you're not desensitized to it yet or have you been in it so long that the impacts are starting to creep up more and they're more noticeable? So I was really basing it on um, how long you've been in the career and what type of agency you work for and things like that. So what did, uh, I guess, what did you find? I mean, what was the, was there a, a certain time frame that um, mm-hmm. we're more impacted? We don't care as much. I don't, I don't know that we start seeing that. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't notice anything like that as much. I mostly looked at, for the most part, the demographics were either you're brand new, you've been in it between zero and five years, or you've been in it for over 16 years. Like, there was polar ends of the spectrum for right. the people who participated. Um, and overall, I noticed similarities to the type of impact you'd see in, like, police officers and law enforcement. We know that both are impacted um, the main differences I noticed was how those impacts affect them. Does that make sense? Right. So what, uh, I guess, what was your determining? We, we keep using the term impact. So mm-hmm. I guess what would, by your survey, what's the definition? What do you say this has created that? Um, I looked at, I asked some questions like uh, physical health diagnoses, anything that caused them physical ailments psychological diagnoses like depression, anxiety, things like that. And then I also asked them about sleep disorders and to see if their uh, career was impacting their sleep patterns. And then I even took it a step further and I just asked participants, like, is there a crime that sticks out with you? Is there a crime that is psychologically distressing and that causes you distress? And looking at all of those is how I determined, like, are people being impacted by this career or is they completely fine with it? So what did, um, I guess, what did you find uh, was, is there something that sort of uh, was higher than others, sleep deprivation or impact on career? What what seemed to be the most common, I guess, occurrence? Um, honestly, the most common was probably anxiety or depression or PTSD um, diagnoses. But those were not large numbers by any means. Like they were low numbers who actually were being diagnosed. So now, the large. Now you think that that's because, uh, obviously, there's been a stigma for a long time to actually even mm-hmm. seek any help, right? Yes. So, do you think that the lack of diagnosis is a true? It's not as big, 
or it's just not been diagnosed? Personally, I think um, not been diagnosed, but I can't really speculate that in my thesis because I have to say this is proven and this is not proven. Yeah, they don't want your um, opinion in grad school, I promise you. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I do think it just hasn't been diagnosed because I did have responses that would say, oh, well, this isn't a diagnosis, but I feel like this. Right. And so I, I think it's just not at the point where people feel like or have felt like they need to go and get it properly diagnosed. Well, and I think it's, uh, again, like I said, it's been common in our field that you don't. I, and I, I want to say that um, in crime scene and in homicide and in those areas that you have a very tight group that work together, mm-hmm. uh, being able to talk to one another has helped. But... Uh, still, I don't think that it it's the same as you actually seeking some help, right? Um, yeah, now, exactly. at, at Acer, um, we had uh, one of the guys, Doug, who had gone up and talked about the emotional health. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of, of that as it relates to your thesis? Oh, I absolutely loved it. Um, when I looked at the schedule before the conference, I was like, I'm looking forward to that presentation because that aligns perfectly with what I'm doing. And I'm just, I'm so glad someone's talking about it because obviously I've never been in the field, but um, after conducting the research on it, like it needs to be talked about. So what did you take? Like I said, uh, just first time coming in, what did you take out of Doug's um, presentation? I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fantastic. I think it's something that needs to be presented at every conference. I think it's something that you can't sugarcoat it. You have to be very open, very honest about it. Because I think, like you said, there is, or there has been in the past, a negative stigma about seeking help and talking about how the career impacts you. And I think by doing that presentation at every conference and talking about it, that stigma will start to go away. Yeah, I know that it, it wasn't part of your research or survey, mm-hmm. um, but obviously you had to have your own ideas and in receiving all of this information, uh, what would you see as a solution? You know, something that, what would you see a benefit putting in place or, or how, you know, I won't say how do we solve it. I don't see us solving it. I mean, you're entering into a career mm-hmm. that you are, you are going to see things that no one was ever intended to see. You're going to see yeah. uh, the horrors and, and the worst of, of so many people over and over and over. And, and to believe that that will not have some impact, it, it would be insane itself, right? Yeah. So, but what do you feel in, in receiving that information that, that would benefit those in the field? Honestly, I am a strong component of having agencies offer counseling or debriefing after working crime scenes, especially crime scenes involving children or homicides. Um, I'm a big, I push that a lot. Um, I even put that in my thesis, but you can't just do therapy or just do talking, talking to someone. You really need to couple that with your own adaptive coping mechanisms because you can't go see a therapist every single day. So you have to be able to handle it on your own as well, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, there's, um, and, and that's just in general. I mean, we have, uh, you have to have some coping mechanisms, right? I mean, these may mm-hmm. not be normal problems that everybody faces. Well, everybody in the field faces, but the general public <laughs> does not 
face. Uh, but having a coping mechanism in, in place and, and certainly, you know, talking to others and, and having those things. Now you mentioned, um, and I think it's, it's very common, uh, that the kid cases, right? Yes. I mean, whenever we, we work a, a child fatality, um, mm-hmm. and, and whether it's, a a car accident fatality, whether it's a homicide, a suicide, uh, murder, suicide, uh, anything that involves a child, uh, is, is something that it, you know, because we always see that as such an innocent and wasted, mm-hmm. uh, life uh, that impacts us. When you were uh, dealing with your survey was, you said that it, it may have been very generic. Was it just, do you have a scene that impacts you or did they pick the type of scene or do you learn anything about those scenes? Yeah, um, when I asked that question, I said, is there a type of scene or what's the nature of a scene that sticks out to you um, in terms of psychological distress? And I just let them fill in the blank and let them describe what scene they want. They could go into as much detail or as vague as they wanted. And um, so I would get a lot of just child abuse or child death or homicide. Um, I'd get a lot of like suicides. And then people could go into depth and they could describe a scene that they worked and say this really stuck out to me because of ABC. But for the most part, I just got very basic child homicide, child abuse, child death. Well, and, you know, and you mentioned the child abuse there because, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, luckily the child fatality is not one of the high things, but we do, um, and I don't know the current statistic. I do know Mm -hmm. that when I was over it, uh, in our area, um, crimes against children were three times the amount of any other violent crime that was happening in the county, right? When you had robbery yeah. and ag robbery and all that, but you're in D.C. with a child, sexual assault of a child, child abuse, mm-hmm. those were three times the amount, um, you know, and so, yeah, it's, it's a constant that, that they're going to. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think uh, in talking with people, one of the things that um, – I've experienced, I know any parent has experienced is whenever you work that scene and the child that you're working is close to your child's age. Yes. Right. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to have that connection there that, I mean, they may not look like your child, but you just have that connection of age mm-hmm. uh, between them. And yeah. in, in doing so, it's um, like, I know, uh, no one, CSI that, you know, we, we all have our scenes, right? And mm-hmm. the thing that I found sort of peculiar is uh, how one scene can affect one person. It doesn't affect the other, right? Yes. I mean, we'll have um, at the same scene, one is, I won't say devastated by it, but truly has been shaken up. And mm-hmm. then you have another that, you know, that one wasn't the one, right? Yeah. And, um, so it's it's uh, it's definitely something to bring to the forefront and talk about. Um, and again, I don't think there's a solution. I think you're on track with there needs to be a coping mechanism because yeah. they're not going away, right? I agree uh, completely. You know, and you know, I, I think another uh, part of it when when you look at uh, this and and. Uh, you didn't get to run out on calls on your internship, but this is another part of your job you're about to experience, so you should definitely mm-hmm. know about it, is the, the on-call. Unless you mm-hmm. work for a big agency that works night shift, 
you're about to get interrupted sleep over and yeah. over, which yeah. already, I mean, besides whatever you're going to, I don't care what job you have. If you have interrupted sleep, mm-hmm. you're going to raise your stress level, right? Yes. So just by the nature of that in your job. So, mm-hmm. so you've gotten a little overview of all the different aspects and what I've found with most CSIs is as they start learning these things, they really start becoming passionate about one discipline over the other. Is there mm-hmm. one that, that you've sort of gravitated to that you have more interest in? Not really. After going to the ACER conference and seeing, like going to the gun range and doing the shooting trajectory or after taking my blood spatter class or like different after learning different things from different um, disciplines, I, I think they're all interesting. And I hate to say I want to dabble in all of them, but I truly well, you will. want to. That's, that's, yeah. that, that's part of it. You don't get a choice. You will do all of them. Yeah. But some people like one more than the others. Yeah. So well, what if the, I had to pick, yeah, I'd stick with crime scene processing. That's just, that's what I want to do. So speaking of that, so certainly to uh, to plug that part of this, uh, you're looking for a job soon, right? So <laughs> I am, yes. I know that we have many, many crime scene investigators and bosses, and um, I know that currently, last I checked, that this show's listed to in 17 different countries. I'm not sure how far you want to go, but uh, anybody that, that uh, wants uh, to reach out to you, um, then they can certainly find you on LinkedIn uh, for yes. Whitney Mountain, and and uh, they can reach out to you that way. Is there? Um, are you trying to stay in Oklahoma, Texas? You you want to be in? Obviously, you said your family's from there. Where now? They're in Oklahoma. Or they're in Denton. Um, everyone's in Texas. There, right. my parents are actually outside of Waco now. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Sir. So obviously. That'd be nice, but uh, you you just looking for a job at this point, right? So yeah. when when do you graduate? Um, this May. This May. All right. This so May. by June you need a job, right? That's so, the goal. <laughs> so, um, and you have other conferences that are that are coming up. I'm not sure if you're scheduled for this one, but uh, uh, the next big conference is the IEI conference in Nashville in August. Uh, uh-huh. So. For our listeners, we have uh, the hotel reservations are open on that. Uh, go to iei.org, and you can find details on that conference. That's huge. Um, if um, if you have a chance, then that that's an amazing one. One of the big, um, I guess, debates, conversations that, that I know we've had on the show and, and mm-hmm. continue to talk about. So you have a great passion to go and do this. You have received your education to do this, but you're not a cop. No. And so the, the it is, it's, it's an ongoing question. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm on your side. I don't, I don't see that you have to be, to be a CSI. Mm-hmm. I have found it very, I've been a proponent of basically this, this type of course, meaning you've, gone to college, you've done an internship, you have a passion to do this, then why would I then say you've, you've interned here? And I'm not speaking of Denton. I'm, I'm just speaking yeah. in general. You've, you've come to our department, but our CSIs are commissioned. 
and therefore mm-hmm. it was okay for you to work here and learn this, but now you can't be here unless you go to yeah. the police academy. And I'm not dismissing some value that is added by you mm-hmm. dealing with complainants and going to scenes mm-hmm. and those type of things, but um, it is limiting when that's a requirement to make to make you either go become a cop or find places that only accept civilians mm-hmm. when the other issue we deal with and this is sort of speaking from police administration is there's a lot of money that goes into training a new CSI yeah. if they're commissioned there's a great possibility after I spend all this money on them that if they want to promote they may go back to patrol. You're not going back to patrol. Okay. You never were in patrol. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think it's another benefit of you have a person that this is their career. This is what they want to do. Um, so, uh, have you already looked at different places? And obviously that's one of the criteria you have to look for is that, you know, that they don't require you to be a cop. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, and so that's actually that's something I've been looking a lot into, and I've actually I've been talking to my advisor about it, and um, a lot of people were giving me advice about it at the Acer conference. Um, the fact that so many agencies um, only want commissioned crime scene investigators that doesn't deter me at all. Um, after talking to several people at the Acer conference, they actually said that that's the route they recommend I go. They recommended I would go and work patrol for a few years and then go into CSI. Um, so I've honestly, I've been looking at both. There's jobs I've applied to that are civilian CSI. And then I've also been talking to recruiters from different agencies and saying, hey, if I can work patrol for a few years, this is my background, can I move into CSI at some point? Right. So I've, I've been looking at both, but it is, there's definitely a different and a difference in opportunity as far as commissioned versus civilian. There is, and it's, um, Mm -hmm. like I said, I I think uh, you sort of, you know, hit the nail on the head when you talked about like A&M, and you said, Mm -hmm. when when did their program start? Oh, I don't have an exact date. It was like 2016 or something like that? Yeah, something like that, 2015. So, I mean, it hadn't been that long is what I'm getting at, you know, so these colleges have started developing programs, Um, I don't know, I don't even know how long SAMS has been around. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're starting to develop these programs because of the interest in this work mm-hmm. that I, I'm thinking that we'll start seeing that shift because before yeah. there was no training. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, it was on the job training only. That was the mm-hmm. first exposure you'd ever get to it. And now, I mean, like even, you know, in the area I live, which is, uh, it's not a small high school, but it's certainly not a yeah. big high school, and they offer forensic science. Mm-hmm. So you now have, um, you know, eleventh graders and twelfth graders that are uh, learning blood stain and toxicology and fingerprints mm-hmm. and these type of things. And then if they have that interest, they're going to go down the same path you did of college and whatever, you know. Exactly. And so again, I'm not dismissing the police thing, but I think there is a shift coming. Um, you may not be part of that. Uh, it, it may not happen for a while, but I do think that there, there's a shift coming for that. Um, the other issue with commission versus, um, 
civilian is like when you apply, um, you can apply anywhere right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can go to any state or whatever, but for you to be a law enforcement officer, you got to pick a place. Like if you mm -hmm. want to be a Texas police officer and you're Texas commission, then that's where you have to be to go and yeah. apply. I mean, it, it, I don't know. It, it seems to me it, it's sort of limiting again, as far uh -huh. as options, but uh, I have no doubt that, that you'll do fine and you will be a CSI soon. And uh, we will see you at, at all the conferences and stuff, uh, along with all the, all the other training uh, mm -hmm. that you have out there. Um, you know, it just depends how, how busy you want to be. Right. Exactly. But, so, uh, so what's your next step besides, uh, besides job, you have to go and defend your thesis. Yes. Yes, I'm set to defend my thesis at some point next month. Next month, and next month. then then you're done. And and uh, yeah. so, what do you think? In looking at your thesis, um, mm -hmm. obviously you had to find because, as we said before, at grad school they don't want your opinion; they want you to go get other yeah. people's opinions. So, uh, did you find research on this topic already, or did you mm -hmm. find? research that you sort of had to translate through to a CSI type thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, so, and they require us to do a literature review before we begin going into our own research. They want us to see, that's the first phase is you have to see what type of research is already out there. And so when I looked into it, I found one article that had been published on crime scenes and um, the impact they have on the investigators. And that article stated that they had no conclusions found. And they said, we need somebody else to go in and research this because we couldn't find anything. And so every other article, every other piece of literature that I looked at was either law enforcement, first responders, or veterans. And so when I did my research, I had to compare it to those out there and say, we have our law enforcement database. We have our veterans. How do crime scene technicians add into that? So did you find yeah. it comparable? To an extent, yeah. Um, like I said earlier, like the, really the main difference was how it impacts them. So like with um, the articles I found with law enforcement, they have a higher death rate or they have um, increased physiological issues such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Whereas with the crime scene investigators that I surveyed, none of, hardly any of them reported any physiological health, let alone death at some point. Uh, obviously, everyone I surveyed is still alive, so right, right. they weren't. But um, as far as the physiological difference, for the most part, um, it does impact them differently. But that's the extent of the differences that I found. So out of this, how many people did you survey? Um, so I had 101 responses. Um, I could only use 94 because the other ones were incomplete and I could only use completed service. So I ended up with 94. Do you know how far outreaching they were? I mean, was it just Texas or do you know where oh, no, generally was, where they came yeah. from? Um, so I sent it out to um, some people that I knew and same with my advisor. He sent it out to um, some of his contacts and those contacts then dispersed it even farther. So I do know that I reached some people in Maine um, I reached some people in Texas, Oklahoma. Um, I've reached a few other, I've reached a federal agency, a few state, municipal. 
Um, so I don't know where they came from. I try not to um, get too much. Right, um, you still try to keep it anonymous, right? Exactly. Um, but I would get people who would email me and say, hey, um, just wanted to let you know, I just took your survey. This is where I'm from. So glad you're doing this. Um, right. So that was really interesting. But I do know it was Texas, Oklahoma. It reached as far as Maine and a few other places. Well, that's awesome. And, and uh, you know, maybe even after you have your CSI job, you want to <laughs> go and do uh, some more research in that area. Obviously, it sounds like you have a, a great passion of that, too, and, and mm-hmm. setting up programs for that. Uh, it's definitely needed, and uh, and I have no doubt that as you do this, uh, you'll be presenting at Acer at some point in your career, <laughs> and presenting at all the other stuff. So uh, it'll be uh, interesting to to watch you as you grow in your career, which I, I know you will. So you keep us in the loop on that. Uh, so again, I'm I'm I expecting that this summer you'll be working somewhere. You're gonna you're gonna do great. So thank you so much. I absolutely appreciate that. So, uh, you know, as we, uh, as we wrap up, we, uh, like to thank our sponsor, Planet Ford, uh, visit them, plantford.com, stop by the dealership in spring, a show would not be possible without Lone Star Community Radio in Conroe, Texas. Uh, we want to thank them for their continued support. Uh, thank you for listening. If you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about, you'd like to sponsor the show, uh, contact me, Dan at crimescenaday.com. Uh, We look forward to talking to you next week. And Whitney, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me, Dan.